Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for a China perspective, the segment where we shine the spotlight on headlines coming out of China. China finally giving its residents a bit of a breather with the easing of COVID 19 curbs. That's one of the things we'll be talking about, although scenes on the street say something else, plus highlights from Chinese President Xi Jinping's trip to Saudi Arabia. On the line with me this morning is Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Good morning, sir. How are you? A very good morning to all of you. I'm doing fine. All right, that's good to hear. And we're coming very close to Christmas. Uh, should be <laughs> nice and relaxed. Although in China, whew, uh, I mean, we thought this would give its residents a breather. Uh, the central government announcing it'll be rolling out 10 immediate changes to the draconian COVID policies that have disgruntled millions of residents. Does actually show that, as opposed to start off going right back to the spark of this, does it show that mass protests could play a part? Well, I think in this case, it certainly contributed partially to these relaxation measures. But I think it's more likely, of course, the economy would have to, uh, well, as you say, have a breather over the last two and a half to three years. China has been sort of shut down because of these COVID measures. Yeah, So it's time to revive the economy a little bit here. Mm, But this breather seems to come in the form of a double-edged sword because naturally when you reopen, you will have a surge in cases. And right now, places like Beijing are trying to deal with surge in cases, questions over whether the hospitals can cope or not. I mean, it's trying to prepare to deal with this. Well, they had the last three years to prepare, so they better be ready for this. But, well, it also depends on, you know, do we have sort of the same variant of the virus as uh, three years ago, which mm-hmm. was very serious, you know, people like dying left and right? Mm-hmm. Or do we have a more, shall we say, attenuated uh, variant nowadays whereby, you know, you might get infected, but the symptoms are not as severe as before, but I mean, we don't know because in China's case, they have been locked up for too long. Yeah, that's a very good point, Dr. O. Mm. It's also interesting with regard to this easing of tight rules, right? Does this mean that the Chinese citizen is ready to come out and spend, you know, revenge travel or revenge spending or what have you not? Well, you need to have a lot of money to do all this revenge or binge traveling, right? Mm, mm, mm. But again, it's a chicken and egg thing. Over the last three years, you don't get to make a lot of money. Therefore, you don't have a lot of money to spend domestically or overseas. Mm. So, you know, it kind of puts you in, you're not sure which camp to take, right? I mean, especially when you're looking at the economy, citizens embracing reopening. On the one hand, you wonder if the hospitality sector is ready for this reopening. On the other hand, are Chinese citizens worried about things like job security? You don't really have to worry about hospitality industry being ready because, as we said, there are simply not as many travelers going out there to spend money Mm. to stay in hotels and so on. So I think job security and jobs creation, I think that would be high in the priority. Mm, Good point. Uh, Dr. Oh, let's talk a little bit about Chinese President Xi Jinping's trip to Saudi Arabia. What were some of the highlights for you? What was his objective here? Well, I think there are two main objectives. Uh, Number one is uh, energy security for China. 
So hopefully Saudi Arabia in particular and the oil producing states of the Gulf in general would continue to supply China abundantly with oil and gas. Mm. The other main aim was, of course, to, in a sense, shake the United States a little bit because that traditionally was like the spear of influence of the United yeah. States, right? So yeah. to, to go there, the whole uh, one of these uh, summits uh, with the Arab countries, that I think was an attempt to displace the United States. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about shaking the United States, right? So this is where it gets a bit interesting. How do you compare the reception received when President Joe Biden visits Saudi Arabia in July versus President Xi just last week? Well, Joe Biden was not quite kind to the Saudi Crown yeah. Prince, at least rhetorically, right? And therefore, the prince reciprocated. He did meet, but there was all these like, wearing sandals and so on. Uh, with Xi Jinping, it was, I think, the same level of welcoming as with President Trump quite a few years mm. ago. You know, all these riding horses as escorts and, and so on. So you couldn't really blame Saudi Arabia because China is doing a lot of business nowadays with the Gulf states and supplying them with a lot of building projects and so on. And also, you know, at the same time, we, we are seeing media reports that uh, China is trying to boost the role of the yuan in the global energy markets. Obviously, you know, this ties back to your earlier statement to try and rattle the United States to try and challenge that US dollar dominance. Yeah, I think this uh, groundswell of uh, attempt to do so in, mm-hmm. in China, but I think they did not quite obtain yet this round, but they are going to think try, try again. Yeah, yeah, you know China, they'll keep trying. Uh, let's talk about billionaire Hong Kong media tycoon Jimmy Lai. He's been sentenced to almost six years in prison, all this because of fraud. So he holds a British nationality, but the UK government is not doing anything to assist him. What are you hearing with regard to that background? Well, the British government could not really like rescue him or do any sort of uh, those things, right? Granted, the UK-China relationship now, it's almost at an all-time low. There's scarcely anything that the UK could do except to perhaps protest a little bit, yeah. Mm. What about how some critics are saying, and this is an interesting point, right? Uh, the phrase being used is that the legal system has become a bit of a weapon to silence the political opposition. I mean, what are your thoughts on this statement? Well, ever since the passage of the national security law, yeah. it is quite obvious that it's been heavily used in order to silence those who are perhaps very vocal, very critical, or in general not satisfactory of China's rule over Hong Kong. Mm, they'll probably continue, I mean, since that law has been written. Uh, I've been speaking with mm-hmm. Dr. O A. Sun, Senior Fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, I do appreciate your time this morning. Take care. Have a great day ahead. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.